two of the Bill Michaels Show. We are broadcasting live. We're in Minneapolis, Minnesota. Just today, uh, tomorrow, getting back into uh, the home studio. And then tomorrow night, we have the NFL Draft. And we'll bring you all that coverage starting at 7 o'clock tomorrow night. So make sure, as they say, you set your dial and set the time. And uh, make sure you take a listen on many of these same network stations. Joining us here in uh, our makeshift studio inside the Hewing Hotel in Minneapolis, our good buddy Paul Charging. How you been, man? I've been uh, fantastic. It's the best week of the year for me. I mean, I, I love the NFL draft because you have unparalleled drama in a way you don't get any other time of the year. Right. I mean, nothing else is like this. Even the other drafts aren't like this. The baseball draft is nothing like this. Well, let me say this. It was one year ago tomorrow that I got the phone call from you, and it said, Mm. hey, you may want to take a listen to Paul Allen. Yes. Yeah. Yep. And that's when the drama began yeah and you were already having a bad day and right, right. then um and then that whole thing dropped about aaron Rodgers yeah. not wanting to be a packer then you took all kinds of heat yep. because you listened to a viking person right, telling exactly. you that, that aaron Rodgers didn't want yeah. to be a, a packer and uh, were ultimately vindicated and um and now it, although that is not you know, maybe for your listeners that's the weirdest most bizarre draft day event ever but nothing like Laramie Tunsil. No. I oh mean, God, no. I mean, that's the to me. This is about the weirdest thing that's ever happened in a live moment. And I think for somebody like you, you were probably in a similar position. But mine was, I'm at the official Vikings draft party, <laughs> myself and Paul Allen, <laughs> on stage in front of thousands of people right. when this hits, and you're looking at it going. Can I run with this? Right. This is from Laramie Tunsil's own account yeah. of a guy smoking a bong through a gas mask. Right. And I'm watching the video going, <laughs> it's not him. It's not him. It's not him. And then he lifts up the gas mask. And you're like, <gasps> yeah. it's him. Right. So what do you do in that moment? Exactly. Oh, I've never seen anything quite like that before in the moment. I'm you trying know? to think. I mean, that's draft day mishaps. I mean, we've obviously had the Eugene Robinson the night before the Super Bowl when he picked yes. up a hooker ever after doing the prayers. And we had Stan. Wilson for the Bengals with a pile of blow in his room the night yeah. before the Super Bowl. Yeah. And then the Oakland that Raiders. Raider guy went yeah. to Mexico and yeah. like passed out or he, whatever. Yeah, he took off yeah. their offensive linemen. So we've had a few weird ones in big moments where guys just flake, you know, flake down. But, uh, but yeah, to, to we pull... still don't know who posted that to Lar- Laramie Tunsil's account. Right. Right. Uh, we don't know. Later. We don't know. He but, knows, I'm yeah. sure. Oh, absolutely. But we don't yeah. know. Yeah, because there was only so many people in that room and only so many people that had that video. Yes. You know. Oh, how about this one? Another draft day mishap. Right before. Now, this is like 20 years ago. Maybe even more now. Warren Sapp got connected with marijuana use right before the draft. That rumor started to pick up all kinds of steam like the night before mm-hmm. the draft or the morning of the draft. I kind of remember that, yeah. And... Sap was widely considered to be planning to go to be one of the first one, two, three players taken in that right. draft, probably number one. And he slipped all the way to Tampa at like, I don't know, 10 or something. Yeah. Vikings passed on him and took a guy at his position who never amounted to anything. Yeah. And we've been kicking ourselves over that mistake right. for 20 years now. Yeah. Um, it, well, at least you haven't had to deal with the aftermath of Warren Sapp after his playing career and the things that have gone on at the uh, Las Vegas hotel ballrooms and such. So you don't have to worry about that. Well, we'd have taken the Hall of Famer, trust me. Right, right. Yeah. The Hall of Fame side, you'd taken yeah. a heartbeat. The uh, So let, let's talk about the NFC North. I mean, you know, Rodgers is coming back, but they've lost two wide receivers in MVS and they yeah. lost Devontae Adams. Uh, you pick up Sammy Watkins. 
Give me your thoughts as to where their talent level is right now. Offensively? Yeah. I love your running game, and your offensive line should come back and be better than last year where everybody played out of position, and Bakhtiari mm-hmm. was never a factor. And so uh, I still think I think this team needs to be able to be a power running game from time to time. Based on who you've got right now, right. that'll change in 24 hours. But, yeah, it's uh, I, I you've got two really good Running backs, two of the top 15, probably. I, I would be a much more run-heavy team until Aaron Rodgers is able to get to get to learn how to utilize the now, right now, meager weapons that he's got. What do you feel? I mean, the, the, what does Sammy Watkins mean to this team? Nothing. Dude, is, I mean, he's not, I don't know, whatever, he's not fifth team. You know, there's, yeah. you know, there have been so many other teams that have needed him to step up and be a meaningful contributor, and you, you just don't get it. Right. Um, you know, that's, I just, there's nothing, I don't think there's anything to see here, to be honest. He will be a guy where if you throw a, you know, you throw a spiral at, you know, at this chest, he'll probably catch it and he won't give you a lot more than that. And you know, honestly, right now that counts for something to have, have a veteran yeah. who can catch a pass, but he's not going to change games for you. I don't believe. What about, what about a guy like, I know Jarvis Landry's asking for a lot of money. And looking at what the way the market has changed dramatically after yeah. the Adams signing and then the Tariq Hill signing, he's going to get some money. I don't know if he's going to get what he's asking for, but is he still got gas in the tank, so no, to speak? No, not really. I mean, he's a guy. Or was Cleveland a place where guys go to die and then get a new crew? Because, I mean, look at what OBJ did once he got out with Matt, Matthew Stafford. But the thing on Jarvis Landry, even going back to his Miami days when he was younger and better than he is now, He's a guy who catches the ball somewhere between five yards behind the line of scrimmage and five yards in front of the line of scrimmage, and then gives you a couple more yards after the catch, and that's that's it. He's just not anybody. He's at best a chain mover, and he's just not a chain uh, a game changing kind of player. And I I feel like all he would be bringing the Packers is again somebody if you you know if you throw a spiral he'll catch it, and, mm-hmm. and that I don't think he gives you much more than that. So I would. I'd be very leery about making an investment there. How many do you think the Packers take wide receiver wise in this draft? One, you know, if one is not taken in the first round, I will be astounded. And nobody's talking about this except me. I think there's a 10, 15, 20% chance they put both picks into wide receiver yeah. if the requisite guys fall. Because this team needs two wide receivers. Yeah. And this is a great, you know, the, the receivers on the, uh, the high end of this draft are very good. So uh, I, I, I would be shocked if there aren't the two is the bare minimum that you can. Do out you of this buy draft. into the fact that while there are good wide receivers in this draft, there is not a Justin Jefferson, there is not a, um, you know, the uh, Jamar Chase. There's not that level of talent here. There's good ones, but they're not that elite good ones. Well, keep in mind, Justin Jefferson was picked twenty five in the mm-hmm. first round. Nobody thought right. Justin Jefferson was going to be ju- Justin right, Jefferson. Right, right. Uh, but. Uh, Jamison Williams, assuming the ACL rehab goes well, right. has all the upside of the elite players in the past couple of years' drafts. Yeah. And had he, you know, had he not blown out his a ACL, four two nine, I know, I know. And Which you just, is you wonder, just crazy. You worry the ACL will sap some of that bill, but how much? You know, if, if he's still like a four three eight guy, he's still <laughs> right. plenty fast. But what made him so special at Alabama was the downfield separation and just running past defenders. Right. And so you worry a little bit, does the ACL give him any long-term sap of that speed? And, um, yeah, so, I, you know, I think he certainly counts as, as a receiver that, that would make some sense to be a potential game-changer. And, um, and then uh, Chris Olave. 
Ohio State is uh, is a very, very polished, good receiver who has high-end upside. I like Garrett Wilson even better. Mm-hmm. Slippery, also very fast. He's a 4-3-8 guy as well. Yeah. And uh, both Olave and Garrett Wilson, highly productive in that offense, which we love. When you get these super-fast players, the worry is always, are they a track star lumbering around in 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 in, right. in pads and will ultimately never translate because that happens a lot but these were highly productive fast slippery players with good hands who can adjust to the ball um i think garrett wilson will be the first wide receiver taken and i i believe Jamison williams will be the second what, what do you think about london coming out of usc well your, your high end is he is and there's this there's a scenario where he drops to green bay or green bay yeah. has to just move up a little bit to get him and that that could happen your best case scenario is he's Mike Evans, the big body, the ability to box out all of the leaping catches, the contested mm-hmm. catches, and he's not as slow. He doesn't lumber like a lot of the big bodied wide receivers, which makes right. Drake London pretty special. And I, I love that part of his game. He's got that attitude that says the ball's coming to me and I own this catch. And I you just some guys got that bill and some guys don't. And I love that about Drake London, but because he's, not a burner. He's, you know, he's not, he's, he doesn't have the flashy big play upside that the other guys we were just talking about. Mm-hmm. I think that suppresses his value for a lot of teams, not all teams. But if you wanted a week one contributor ready to help the Packers more right. than any other receiver in this draft, Drake London's the guy. So we were talking last night about, okay, what are the other needs? Um, I, we both kind of agree that I think the right tackle position has to be solidified for this team. Uh, probably another edge rusher, more depth in the trenches defensively. On paper, they've got a lot of starters that are really, really good. And if everybody remains healthy, it's a hell of a team. If you get into depth, I think there's a couple areas where you're probably going to be a little bit scarce when it comes to talent, and usually that matriculates through to your special teams. So if yeah, you're going, always, oh, always oh, well, a yeah. ginger topic, yeah, not the, Packer fans. yeah, not the best of topics right now. So you know, everybody just assumes that because Basachi is showing up, that suddenly the special teams are going to become at least top fifteen. Not necessarily if you don't have the talent to back it up, uh, albeit maybe some different. You know, schemes will help, but oh, undoubtedly, yeah. Uh, but I, I, you know, you keep wondering about the depth of this team. Give me your thoughts on because we talked about tackles. So right tackle would be an issue. Yeah, and there's um, a kid from Minnesota who yeah. is an amazing pure right tackle, and I don't know, you know, how you know how much you know about him. His name is Daniel Faalele. Mm-hmm. He's six foot eight, yeah. two hundred, three hundred forty pounds. He reminds me of Phil Lodeholt. He is. That's a great analysy. Yeah, that's what great he reminds analogy. me of. Yes. Ab- pure right tackle, just all road grader to him. Yeah. You know, he's not gonna be a it's not gonna be a great footwork pass blocking guy, but his pass blocking is not he can pass block well enough. Right. And then he can just maul people in the run. Yeah. And so he's somebody that most people are targeting Daniel Faalele as a early second round pick. That's not so far that the Packers couldn't take him near the end of the first round right. or trade back a few picks and, and take him there. Yeah, and then they still end up with another. In that, see, I've said that, too, that if they decided to trade up to get a wide receiver, they may take that next first-round pick and trade back to get Down, an additional get pick. Yeah. And that way they still end up with the same amount. They still have a first-round pick, and then you get a guy maybe early on in the second round uh, of the draft. So they, that might be something that they actually do. So we're talking right tackle. Uh, let me ask you this, because I haven't even talked anything about the rest of the teams in the in the NFC North, but Minnesota seems to be the next closest team to what the Packers are. It feels that way. So 
how far away is Minnesota and what are their needs? It's really weird. I've never gone into doing this. My draft coverage is now 25 years with the Mm -hmm, Vikings. I've never gone into a draft where I've said, we don't have some one glaring hole that's so bad we have to fill it early. Right. This is the this is a year where not only do we have a new GM with a totally new philosophy, our previous GM, Rick Spielman's overriding philosophy was trade down, trade down, trade down, trade down, you know, keep getting sixth and seventh round picks who never pan out. Right. It was a horrible, horrible philosophy. I hated it then. I hate it now. Now we've got a new GM that's almost entirely analytically driven and has said that he is looking for explosive players, both sides of the ball, players that have traits that will distinguish them on the field. And as the Vikings stand right now, while they have, they certainly have team needs, I'm not suggesting they don't have any needs, but their frontline starters are almost set across offense and defense. Mm-hmm. So they're in a position to really go best player available at 12. And that could be any of a, I have a handful of guys, and I'm happy to tell you who I think they'll take, but it's it's a weird position to be in where you really do feel like they can just take the best player at 12 or just trade down. I think all the quarterbacks will be there at 12. Yeah. If Pittsburgh wants to move up, if the Saints want to move up, I think this is I think there's a great chance the Vikings move down. How how many quarterbacks actually go in this first round? Great question. I have, I, I, I have me two. two. I got two. And I, even that to me I think is a you know, I'm driving in today and I'm listening and people are saying that you know there's going to be a surprise there's going to be five guy I'm like oh. who the hell's who's who's then th- then three of those GMs need to be fired that's my feeling yeah these guys just don't grade out like that and if these quarterbacks were in last year's draft n- none of them would be going in the first round right they'd all be out of the first round uh but it's only because this is these are the guys we have to choose from that there's even talk about a Malik Willis going in the first round right. some people think he'll go as high as two uh, Malik Willis. I don't. I don't think that's going to be the case because I don't think he grades out anywhere close to that level. Let's do this. We're going to step away, take a quick break. Uh, Paul Charchian joining us here inside the Hewing Hotel, talking a little bit of NFL draft, the NFC North, all that kind of good stuff. Stay tuned. We got a lot more coming up. Coming up right after this. Ready. This is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Show. We continue on live here in Minneapolis, and uh, our good buddy Paul Charchi and hanging out with us uh, here. We're sitting here talking about the NFL draft coming up tomorrow night on many of these same stations. Yeah, and your team in particular. Uh, I've got inside linebacker Nicobe Dean going to your team f- as your first pick. The first pick? Two, uh, you get the, you know, the middle linebacker, the captain of the defense, right. the play caller, on the best defense in the country by a lot. You know, Georgia's going to have six players drafted off their defense. I know, right? So then many in the first round. Jordan Davis is going to come out of the first round. This is a uh, Devontae Wyatt's going to come out of the first round. I think Nicobe Dean makes a ton of sense for your uh, for your team inside linebacker. What do you think? Because they value that now and they got Devontae Campbell, Barnes is good. Don't mm-hmm. get me wrong. Uh, I, I think if they're going to go defense, you would take best available uh, first and foremost. But I think they're going to look to replace Zedarius, the loss of Zedarius Smith, uh, even though he didn't play last year and they still had success and Rashawn Gary's been been really solid. They're either going to go edge 
if a defender goes first, they're either going to go edge, middle linebacker, or depth on a defensive front. Another guy to go along, Jerron Reed, Kenny Clark, Dean Lowry, and then a guy. T.J. Slayton last year, I thought, at times got washed out. He would make a play or two, and you go, oh, okay, that's why they drafted him. And then after that, you wouldn't hear from him for a week and a half, two weeks. Yeah. So I think they need more more trench help. But sometimes you get a good middle linebacker, say like when Roquan Smith came in and solidified the Bears, yeah. even though you had Khalil Mack and you already had you know, other players there, Roquan Smith came in and kind of solidified the middle. Same thing can happen here. You'll have Devondre Campbell. You get a good backup or somebody behind Barnes or somebody behind Campbell so you can continue to move on next year. But I keep going back to I think you got a two-year window. I keep thinking – you pushed all your chips to the middle of the table. This is not about three years, four years, no, or five years no, down the road. No, no. This is about today. It is. So I'm thinking to myself, what can you draft for today without shooting yourself in the foot? That, th- there's a fine line to that because a lot of people, a lot of GMs who draft for the now, they don't have their jobs in three years because mm-hmm. the draft becomes such a crapshoot and you lose out on a couple guys. You fall in love with the player. You over-evaluate. You talk yourself into it. He doesn't, he doesn't pan out. So I'm going to be wondering whether they take the immediacy or whether they take we're going to stick to our plan, go with the future, and hope that one of the two of these guys actually pan out. Yeah, what you don't have the luxury of doing is developing a raw talent who might need a year or two or beyond to fulfill, grow into his body and do all the things you want. You can't just take that rare athlete, Bill, that you might like to take that is a special is a special athlete but just needs time and needs reps and you think is going to take it just might take two or three years to fully blossom you don't have that luxury right you need people and then we were talking about this last segment jameson williams may not play a mean a down of football until thanksgiving okay that's one third of the remaining time in aaron Rodgers' nfl career potentially right. yeah i know so you know that's to me that's just that just doesn't work the math doesn't add up that's the thing. It, it, let's say he is the only guy that falls. If you're the Packers, do you take him? I think you have to, right? I Not at 22. I'd fill other needs at 22. And if he's somehow still there at 28, then I think at that point, the value on Jameson Williams is just too good to pass by. Yeah. I, I just, it's tough for me to look at a guy that's coming back from an ACL to say, one, you're going to be a contributor this year, your first year in the NFL. And yeah. two, I keep going back to the old, I can hear Aaron Rodgers saying, well, you know, I need to develop a relationship. There needs to be trust. There, you know, And I'm thinking, well, first of all, he's not going to the OTAs and the workouts and minicamps. No, he's yeah. not showing up. So how are you going to develop anything yeah. with anybody? And then the second thing is you got a guy that's not even going to be on the field taking reps. And everybody talks about Amari Rodgers. Well, his second year, his next day, well, you still got Randall Cobb. And Amari Rodgers is, at best, a slot receiver. At worst, a backup to the backup of a wideout. Yeah, he's not going to be seeing reps out there. It's going to be Randall Cobb's deal. Now, at uh, at twenty eight, your team will have Traylon Burks available. Mm-hmm. You know, if you want yeah. somebody who's very NFL ready, high level production, he was the entire offense at Arkansas. Yeah, they did him. They played him at like everywhere. They played him at tight end a little bit. They right. played him at running back a little bit. He even played quarterback a little bit. He was there the Debo Samuel passes. of Arkansas. He really was, and a lot of people talk about, about that comparison, and there's there's a little bit of truth to that. Uh, he's got that, that big, thick frame, but he can still get this deep speed. Like, Debo's got a little bit of that, too. Um, and there's a lot, like, zero drops 
in yeah. college and you know ready ready to be an immediate helper he makes so much sense Traylon Burks makes so much sense if none of the higher profile guys Wilson Williams London Olave drop and I don't think any of them will get to to 20 right. uh but that's where Traylon Burks Traylon Burks be. has been I just the other day um I was talking to a friend of mine who said Traylon Burks reminds me of Jordy Nelson very little drops, very good route runner, can run it in different areas. He's got some speed. He's got kind of deceptive speed. At times he doesn't look like a 4-4 a kind of guy or a 4-3 kind of guy. He can, But he goes and gets a ball. Yeah. He's got acceleration as the ball is in the air. And that might not be a bad way to go. They like versatility, guys that can play inside, guys that can play outside, whether it's a slot, whether it's a wide. You can do certain things with them. They like that kind of guy, and especially in Matt LaFleur's offense, which is an offshoot of the Shanahan offense. Right. It would not surprise me if they went in that direction. I think that's you know if if I had to put a pick a player on pick twenty eight, and yeah. if you if you tell me we haven't don't already have a wide receiver, that would be my guy Traylon Burks twenty eight. So the rest of the division, uh, I don't expect Detroit to do a lot uh, j- this upcoming season, just because I mean, they're talking wins losses. Talking win, talk wins losses. I they, they, I'm a little bit nervous to be honest. I, I don't expect them to do a lot, but I expect them to be better for sure. But I'm really interested to see year two of Dan Campbell. Mm-hmm. They won that last game against uh, the Packers. They won against our Vikings. They wanted to go yeah. out on a high note. They played for this guy. But you also hear inside that this guy is kind of a, a, a categorized mess, mm-hmm. that he's not this regimented everything in a particular place as head coaches need to be. He's kind of a shoot-by-the-hip kind of guy. I don't know if that's going to work in the NFL. So I'm going to be interested to see year two. And then, obviously, with the coaching changes and such down in Chicago, what happens there as well in year two of Justin Fields? Well, okay. The the catch here, though, I kept waiting for the other shoe to drop on Dan Campbell all year. Like, how can you be this over-the-top emotional guy week after week? Right. And, you know, how does your team keep riding that emotion and it doesn't ever fall off? But it never did fall off. Right. And the Lions only got better as the season went on, despite the fact as the season went on, key player after key player after key player got knocked out for the year. Yeah. And at the end of the season, they're a team you didn't even want to play. Right. And they were beating good teams, like your team. Like, my team was okay. It wasn't good. Um, and now Detroit's got pick two. They've got pick 32. And they got pick 34. Yeah. That's, you know, if they hit two out of those three, and they're real difference makers – Suddenly, we can't take the Lodes Lions wins for granted. I still think Jared Goff can be your boat anchor. Well, sure. Absolutely. <laughs> I, you know, it'll be fascinating to see if if they believe, you know, the, with the three picks in the top 34, are any of them a quarterback for Detroit? Or do they say, you know what, you know, we'll, you know, next year's going to be a much better quarterback draft. That's what we'll, I was going to we'll say. Wait, we'll wait till next year and, you know, cast our lot next year. But do you then bank on the fact that you're only going to win four, five, six games again? They might be thinking that way. I don't you know? know. Yeah. And that's what they would be doing. And then you take Luke Getze, uh, the former quarterbacks coach in Green Bay. He's now down in, in Chicago, and he's going to be the, the tutor, so to speak, for Justin Fields' new philosophy coming in. They don't want to expose him as much. Um, what do you what do you think out of Chicago? Khalil Mack is now gone. I mean, that big uh, giant contract in Albatross is out of their books. I don't like this team. And I don't like the moves they've made in the yeah. offseason so far. Uh, I'm going to withhold full judgment here until after the draft. But they don't have a draft pick. Chicago's first draft pick is 39. Mm-hmm. So uh, we're you know we're largely looking at the the team that they've already got right now. Yeah. You're still desperately short on on receiving talent. Darnell Mooney's a nice player. 
but he's not the guy that should be leading your team. 140 right. targets that Darnell Mooney does not make sense. I thought Justin Fields was very inconsistent. And even when you factor in a bad offensive line and the lack of receiving talent, although they had Allen Robinson last year, you still you roll all that together and it's it still doesn't there still wasn't enough there for Justin Fields yeah. to make me feel comfortable that that he's that guy. Now this and now this aging defense that they're yeah. they're disassembling bit by bit. I I think Chicago finishes last. In the yeah, I uh, I you can almost throw a dart at a dartboard and say we have a need if you're Chicago short yeah. of the quarterback position. They don't they've got to protect quarterbacks otherwise Justin Fields is going to end up getting beat up. He yeah. reminds me of a lot of a um uh, poor man's Lamar Jackson. You know, he's going to run, he's going to throw, he's going to try to make some plays with his feet. His first instinct is to tuck and run rather than to actually make the play downfield. Doesn't have a ton of accuracy, has a long looping arm, so to speak. I didn't like him coming out of Ohio State. He threw to a lot of open wide receivers uh, rather than putting it into a tight window. But he, he far exceeded, exceeded my expectations in year one. I just don't know if he's even going to survive year two if they don't get him a better offensive line. And they gotta they gotta let him do what, what he does naturally. It was very weird the way they used Justin Fields last year in Chicago with Matt Nagy, which was not letting him run. Right. I'm like you're you're taking his best single attribute off the table by not making designed runs. And then even when you could see that they had really tried to coach him into try to make your reads. Uh, don't automatically break out of the pocket if you don't have to. But I, the kid was then just absorbing sacks, and I didn't, I didn't love, uh, I didn't love the way they used him. And we can only, the only, you know, the hope for Chicago fans, not me and you, right. is that they will, uh, that they will let Justin Fields do the things he does well more often: run the ball, throw deep. You know, you talked about the loping throw, which is true. Right. He throws a nice deep ball. You know, if they, he does. If he's they got can, a strong arm. He, he can does. do that. Yep. Yeah. Yep. And if he can, if he can start getting some connections on that deep ball, that's yeah. you know, that's when it gets real interesting. Um, you're going to be on uh, doing your thing with the Vikings and the Vikings yeah. Radio Network. You and Paul again. Yeah. Back yep. at it tomorrow yep. night. Yeah. And now you're well, teaching. I was US telling people State. earlier you're teaching. Yeah, I'm teaching a journalism class at the U, my alma mater. Yeah. And yeah, very. It's been uh, it's been fun and different working with young people again and going back to my old my my old building where I took all my journalism classes right. and seeing what the young kids are doing today and thinking today <laughs> they're not the same as when I it's not no. the same as when I was there. No, I'll tell no. you that much. How many people are TikToking in your class? That's what that's. What I, I was wanted. really worried about that. With the phone use, isn't as much as I thought it would be. Yeah. Which I thought, which is great. Um, they're very conscientious about showing up for class. And when they don't, they email you and they're like, I'm not going to be able to make it today. Here's what I got going on. Can you send me the deck? Can you, you know, they're talking right. points, anything I should know. It's special about this class. That part, I think that part surprised me as somebody, you know, because when I went to school and when you went to school, there were no phones. So that wasn't a deal. I right. just assumed that. I was going to get in there and have my class and be on their phone the whole time, but it right. really hasn't been that way at all. Oh, well, that's great. Yeah. Uh, I professor. The professor, professor. I like the new it. professor. There I you like go, it. Paul. Always good to see you, man. Yeah, great to, yeah, great to sit down go. with you guys last night, and we had so much oh, fun. We did. Yeah, was Manny's is the best. Yeah, and you are the best. No doubt. And thank you for picking up the tab. That is not uh, trivial, my you know, friend. Every now and then, that, that that'll keep us friends for a long time. That, that well, I had to guarantee your, your appearance today <laughs> in the program. Right. <laughs> Let's do this. We're going to step away, take a quick break. We are broadcasting live here in uh, Minneapolis at the Ewing Hotel. Stay tuned. We got a lot more coming up right after this. This is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network.
Good to have you, man. What a uh, what a good time. Having our buddy Paul Charchian uh, here. Yes, uh, Mark, who asked, is Charchian doing the fantasy football y- this year? Yes, Charch is going to be back. He said, uh, before retirement, he's got about five more years left in him. So for the next five years, we got our buddy Paul Charchian, who's going to be joining us uh, on uh, on Thursdays to talk some fantasy football and such. So good, good stuff. 877-867-1670. 877-867-1670. If you want to give us a shout, um, call us. Uh, again, we'd be happy to uh, touch base in regards to the NFL draft. The Green Bay Packers place in it. So that's coming up. Uh, Peter Bukowski from uh, Locked on Packers podcast going to join us coming up uh, at the top of the hour. Mike Clemens in the final hour of the show today. So some really, really good stuff. Uh, 877-867-1670. Hit us up over on Twitter at Bill underscore Michaels. At Bill underscore Michaels or at Ben Z. Kenny. Find him at Ben Z. Kenny over there on Twitter. Uh, you can also find us over on uh, Facebook, facebook.com slash The Bill Michael Show. And YouTube, we encourage you to subscribe uh, to YouTube. And it, it, you don't have to watch it every day, but it pops up and lets you know that we're here. Uh, but you can check out YouTube. Go to youtube.com slash, and that is simply Bill Michaels Show, M-I-C-H-A-E-L-S. Find us on all the podcast uh, networks. You can find us over on Spotify, Apple iTunes, and on Google Podcasts as well. So there you go, Mark. Uh, glad you got your information. Um, Bill, this one is from Tyler. Yeah, go ahead. I'm uh, running through my Twitter sources. Speaking of Twitter, right now to okay. see if uh, the University of Minnesota is actually called the U. <laughs> hadn't heard that before. <laughs> Didn't know we were in Florida. The U here in Minnesota is uh, is Paul's old stomping grounds. Yes, the, I mean, the Ohio State gopher. compared yeah. to the other no, Ohio I hate State that. colleges. I hate that. Yeah, I hate that. The U. <laughs> Never liked it when they started doing that. Never. And it, you know how it started was like, I think it was back in, um, was it 2012? What year did Jim, and I, I should know this, but the year that Jim Trestle took the Buckeyes to the Fiesta Bowl and beat Miami in the Fiesta Bowl uh, for the national title. Talking 2001? Doesn't that long ago? Uh, whatever year they went to the Fiesta Bowl. Anyway, way back. Um, God, it, it's God. It seems like just yesterday. Um, but regardless, when they did that, that's that's when the players started. You know how they do the introductions, you know, and they introduce the offensive line, the defensive line, and all that kind of stuff, and you know that type of thing. That's when the players started saying the. Ohio State University, because it was always the U. That's when the players started saying the, and that's when it morphed into the Ohio State University. And I, huh. I've hated it. So I, it wasn't because of some kind of branding issue. It was because they wanted to one up Miami. Huh? That was the reason. I didn't know that. Um, but I will yeah. now be calling Wisconsin here uh, the Wisconsin, or the Go, du- do it the W. I do it. Go for it. I, w- I would do it. Yeah, 2000, 2003. That was a 2002 season. Yep. 2003. And that was uh, the, uh, God, I can't believe it's been that long. I'm an idiot. It seems the time has flown by. It's like my whole life has flown past me. <laughs> Holy mackerel. Um, but, yeah, it's uh, it's been that long. But that's when, uh, on a couple of controversial calls, 
Ohio State ended up winning the game over Miami, but that's when all of that began, the Ohio State University. So, anyway. Uh, Should I say how old I was for that game? You were like, what were you, sperm? (laughs) Four. You know? I was four. uh, I was four. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you suck. (laughs) 877-867-1670. If you've got a question, hit us up. By all means, do so. Uh, Mark says, what do you think of Jameis Williams out of Alabama? Would you take a flyer on him with the torn ACL? The Packers need long-term speed and a very good wide receiver. He'd hate to pass on a Hall of Fame type player because he's got an ACL right now. Here's the here's the question you have to ask yourself. And this is something that, you know, Charge and I were talking about, and we talked about it off, off the air as well. If you're the Packers, are you drafting for the now, or are you drafting for team needs over a period of time and best player available? Because that, that's what you have to ask yourself. You you can't push all your chips to the middle of the table and then on some of your most vital picks that can be contributors – right here right now say well we'll wait a year or two because you don't have that kind of time you really pigeonhole your commitment when and and don't get me wrong you should have rightfully so when it comes to keeping Aaron Rodgers and keeping him happy and paying him the money and all that I, I get all that but that's because you one don't have another option Jordan Love is clearly not ready whether you end up keeping him or whether you end up getting rid of him it doesn't matter he's clearly not ready so you didn't want to turn the page on a Hall of Fame quarterback. You didn't want to turn the page on a, a guy that could lead you to a Super Bowl. So are you drafting for the here and the now, or are you drafting for the future? Because if it's for the future, then what are you doing? That's why Jamison Williams, he's such an enigma for the Green Bay Packers because you don't know when he's going to be ready. You don't know what his contributions are going to be. That's That's... That's a tough spot to be in. If that's the best available that comes to you via wide receiver at whatever draft position, do you take a guy who's really not going to play for you till maybe October at the earliest? I mean, we saw during the pro day that he didn't participate in the pro day, but we saw him working out and doing drills, you know, bouncing around looking good. You know, you would never know that he had, you know, a major knee reconstructive surgery. But how much has he lost? What has that done for his speed? He, he's not doing football moves. He's doing workout moves. He's getting ready for conditioning. He's not getting ready to take a hit and make a cut and, and you know, run a route and all that kind of stuff. Not yet. So what do you do? I, I get it. If it was me, could you ask yourself with Sammy Watkins – Alan Lazard, Randall Cobb, another wide receiver in the draft, Omari Rogers, Robert Tunyon, Dominic Daphne, Mercedes Lewis, Aaron Jones, A.J. Dillon. With all of those guys, do you have the ability to get enough wins early on to say have the cavalry of wide receiver help come to you in October and, and say, okay, I'm ready to play? And then you begin to really kind of take off with a, a kind of a new weapon, so to speak. Can you wait for that? If indeed that even happens. And here's the other question. Can you take a wide receiver? And then let's say you get a rash of injuries at wide receiver. Lazard goes down. Rogers goes down and Cobb goes down. Then what? 
Then what? I I just don't know if you could take a guy like Jameis Williams, even though we're probably going to end up kicking ourselves by not getting him in the fold. If Drake London falls like uh, Paul predicted, then that's not a bad way to go. But I don't eh. – Jameis Williams is kind of the wild card in all of this, and – you could end up looking five years down the road from now going, this guy's going to be a Hall of Fame player, and the Packers let him go by because he had a knee injury at the time, it, which is understandable, and the circumstances are what they are. You have to understand it five years from now, just like you understand it today. But if you let him go, it could be it it it, it could be one of those I'm going to kick myself moments. Chris says, don't forget, add uh, Josiah DeGuard to that list too. That's another guy, weaponry-wise, we haven't really talked about. He's, you know, he'll be there, you know, but he can catch. There's no doubt about it. But you don't have anybody right now on this team that's going to take the lid off of a defense. You just don't. 877-867-1670. 877-867-1670. Hit us up. This portion of the program brought to you by our friends at Stanny, second of National Walker's Point. If you're going to be heading down there tonight prior to the game, maybe you're going to watch the game there. Or take the shuttle over to the Fiserv Forum as the Bucks uh, close out. The Chicago Bulls coming up tonight in game five of this series. Stop at Steny, second and National Walker's Point. As they say, you should be here. Stay tuned. More of the Bill Michael Show next. Covering Wisconsin sports like a blanket, this is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Broadcasting live here in Minneapolis, Minnesota, where today, thank God, it's warming up a little bit, uh, up around 48 degrees here today. Sun is out. Not a bad way to go if you're watching on the Bud Light live stream. You kind of see the uh, the bright sunshine that is uh, basking down uh, today, the final day here at the Ewing Hotel. And the Ewing, uh, which I have said before, we can't say thanks enough to the staff and management and the ownership of the Ewing Hotel. There's a sister hotel in Milwaukee called the Iron Horse Hotel Beautiful, very similar type of uh, decor and setup. Uh, very industrial uh, and a modified industrial building into some just some beautiful rooms. And uh, we're hoping to make this our home when the Packers come a calling uh, during the NFL season and hope to do a, maybe a, a little gathering here, as a matter of fact. But uh, thanks to the staff and management, they've been nothing but uh, unbelievably nice in a day and age in which not only do businesses tell you, hey, please be patient because it's tough to find, you know, servers, services, uh, people and such, but uh, also where it may not be the best of service to please be patient. This place has been beyond reproach. Uh, they are unbelievably friendly, unbelievably helpful, nice uh, from from the valet all the way through to the front desk people, the service staff. They, they've just been fantastic. I can't say enough about them. It's just been a fantastic experience. If you're looking for a good place to go, the Hewing Hotel is one of those places. Hey, uh, a terrific company right in our own backyard called Wabam, W-A-B-A-M. Speaking of great service, a, a company right in the state of Wisconsin, Colgate, Wisconsin to be exact, for industrial products when it comes to industrial cleaning supplies, if it comes to janitorial service, or maybe you're just a weekend warrior and you want to clean up your car and your motorcycle. Great way to do it. Go to getwabam.com, getwabam, W-A-B-A-M. Go to getwabam.com. That is getwabam.com. 
dot com and uh, and see everything that they have to offer. Good people there. Uh, so as we mentioned earlier, the Bulls tonight ruled out Zach Levine, uh, Alex Caruso, both out for Game Five tonight against the Bucks. No Chris Middleton, but the Bucks have played extremely well. Grayson Allen, Brooke Lopez, Drew Holiday, all have stepped up. Uh, others as well. And I expect the Bucks to get a win tonight. Uh, Bucks close it out. Uh, Bucks in five, and then they uh, move on to the uh, Boston Celtics, and that will be probably a six or seven game series. And that, to me, is going to be the Eastern Conference Finals. That'll be the whoever wins that. It might end up being a bloodbath, but by the time it's all said and done, whoever stands tall in that one most likely will represent the Eastern Conference when it comes to the NBA Finals. In the meantime, uh, for many of you who have read the article that I posted over on the Facebook fan page, it was written earlier this year, but it's it talks a lot about Christian Yelich and what's going on batting-wise. Hopefully he can overcome, bring the average up, bring the OB, OPS back up, the on-base percentage specifically, but more so than anything, start getting the ball into the air, driving the ball a little bit better. We'll wait and see what happens. The Brewers back at back at it again tonight. Peter Bukowski of the Locked On Packers podcast is going to be joining us coming up after the top of the hour. We'll talk with him what he feels the Packers' needs are, what direction they're going to go, what rumors he may be hearing. We'll get into all of that. From what I understand, from what I understand, uh, and, and I know Paul Charchian said that he's got uh, the Packers picking a linebacker. Uh, from what I understand, and, and that very well may happen, but I uh, understand that it is a uh, the priority of a wide receiver and an, a right tackle specific, provided that the Packers don't trade up or down in the first round of the draft. Those are the two that you circle and you say, okay, stars next to them. That's what they are hoping to get. So if you have a talent uh, at either position that fall, it would not shock me if the Packers end up seeing some wide receivers fall or maybe the guy that they wanted is off the board and they feel that other guys are maybe second-round material um, to that extent. It would not shock me to see the Packers take a right tackle first and then maybe a wide receiver uh, before it's all said and done. But I, I got to think they're going to take at least two wideouts and uh, they they're going to add depth on both the trenches both the right tackle position and i would assume the defensive front probably an edge rusher and then you start to piecemeal it together you start to try to solidify yourself when it comes to maybe your defensive secondary find another player that maybe could be end up being as good as Jair Alexander if you don't resign him to a long-term deal because you can't afford it at this point maybe you just move on yeah, I don't want to. I don't want to see them do that. And I think the likelihood of that is probably few and far between. But if you find another good corner, somebody that can be counter to Stokes, such as Jair, maybe you go in that direction as well. So a lot of places the Packers could go coming up tomorrow night. And again, reminding you, on many of these same stations, 7 o'clock Central Time tomorrow night, we go live with the NFL Draft. The commissioner opens it up. We'll carry all of it for you. We'll carry the picks for you. We'll give you the analyzation. We'll talk about what's left on those draft boards throughout the first round of the NFL draft. Packers having two picks. You can expect trades. You can expect movement. We'll see if they go up. We'll see if they go down. Do they get the guy they want? Do they get the guy that you want them to get? We'll get into all of that coming up tomorrow night on many of these same stations. And if you do not get this broadcast tomorrow night and you turn on your local radio station, and you say, whoa, wait a minute, the Bill Michael show is not on, the draft coverage is not on, then what you need to do is for the backup, 
go to WOZN, The Zone in Madison. The Zone Madison on many of those uh, apps that you can download. Go to The Zone Madison and uh, and download it and get us in uh, because we go live at 7 o'clock Central Time coming up tomorrow night on many of these same stations on the app. You can also find us on YouTube, kind of uh, find us on the Facebook fan page, the live, Facebook Live, and over on Twitter Live as well and on Twitch TV. So plenty of ways to follow us. Uh, 877-867-1670, um, The uh, Just Jeff says, Jameson, he's the guy. Uh, Adam says, I always thought that the OSU thing became the when Monday Night Football is starting doing player intros. Maybe it coincides with what the championship you were talking about. I can't remember that far back. Th- that's that's when I remember it, and that's what some friends of mine who still are associated with Ohio State uh, tell me was because it was Ohio State, Miami. Remember, Miami was all, always called the U. It was return the return of the U. And uh, that's when Ohio State started having fun with it. And you're right. Players on Monday Night Football, when they would get introduced, they would say the same thing. The Ohio State University, when they were battling back and forth. But that's really we was when it, going into that particular game is when that thing became prevalent. And that's when people started to talk about it. And it suddenly became a thing. And I don't know why it did, but it did. Whatever. All right, we got two hours down. We got two hours yet to go. Peter Bukowski, Locked on Packers podcast. He is going to join us coming up in the next hour, so stay tuned. A lot more of the Bill Michael Show coming up, coming up right after this. The Bill Michael Show podcast. Listen, rate, subscribe.